welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am, of course, your host, Michael Sherlock. And all month long, we are talking about money, 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 money. Okay, there's my singing for the day. Because money does matter. And it's important that we uh, take it into consideration in a lot of aspects of our lives, personal and professional. And my guest today is a repeat guest. And we had a great time with him last time. I can't wait to talk about some of the little exciting topics we have coming up. So let's talk about him first. Mark Willis is a man on a mission, and this mission comes from his own personal experience. He wants us to all think differently about money and the economy and, more, most importantly, our future. Now, why does he want to know this and why does he want us to think about it? Well, when you go back a little bit, when he graduated, he graduated from college with six figures of student loan debt. And I know some of you out there have uh, understand what that means and what it's about, and you have been in the same place. But he discovered a way to turn his debt into real wealth. And he watched everybody lose their retirement savings and home equity in that horrible uh, situation we had in 2008. But he knew that he needed to find a more predictable way, not only for him, but for others to meet financial objectives and for him to help his clients do the same. Now, he's a certified financial planner, a three-time number one best-selling author, the owner of Late Growth Financial Services, which is a financial firm in Chicago, and the co-host of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. And over the years, he's helped hundreds of his clients take back control over their financial future and help their businesses with proven tax efficient tax efficient or efficient financial solutions that are unknown to uh, most people except for some of those financial gurus. And he has become known as the not your average financial planner. And boy, do we have a few fun things to talk about. Mark, thank you for being back with us. Michael, glad to be back on the show. Thank you. After we had you on last year, I know that I, I went back upstairs. I think I taped with you like at the end of the day. And I said to my husband, oh, I have some new things for us to talk about. Just because you bring such fresh perspective, I think about finances. And as we were getting ready to tape, we're like, what should we talk about? Um, and I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about your business too, but I'd like to you know, get your perspective um, on what we've got going on right now, which is in the US, we got a lot of inflation. Uh, I saw it, I was just in, in California a few weeks ago and I saw gas at the pumps for almost $8. I saw it at $7.89 at one place. So people are, this is serious. It's not getting better anytime in the immediate future. So I'd like to know what your thoughts are on that. And I know we have some other things, but tell us, you know, first a little bit about your business and how things like inflation discussions are important to what you do with your clients to help them shock their financial potential. Yeah. The inflation conversation uh, has quickly become a prevailing discussion that I have with clients over Zoom, over the phone. It's about the first thing that especially business owners, but really even just mom and pop investors who are just trying to get ready for their own retirement 
uh, and they're watching the value of their dollar get siphoned. Uh, mm-hmm. And in the meantime, they're seeing prices going up. Uh, for And that's good when they're a homeowner. But as the old saying goes, when you do sell your over overvalued house, you still have to buy a place. You still got to live somewhere. Yeah. So inflation gets gets you whether you're driving to the gas pumps or you're trying to get your groceries or you're trying to sell your house or your stocks. Uh, and you're right, especially as we've entered in now to Q2 and then Q3 of 2022, where is inflation headed? Uh, one thing that's very interesting is, you know, the, the mandate of the Federal Reserve has always been to keep inflation at about 2% a year. Now, that's an interesting idea. Like they want to officially, they want to erode your purchasing power by 2% every year. Now, why is that a good idea, you know, for them to take away money from you every year? In the form of purchasing power. Well, you know, the, the idea there is price stability and low unemployment. That's kind of the dual mandate of the Federal Reserve. Uh, okay. They do that through a number of different tools, the most famous of which is something called uh, uh, quantitative easing or money printing, essentially. Uh, and the volume of money that's been expanded in the last 24 months now represents 40% of all the money that's ever been created in this country since its starting. So, wow. The M2 money supply has just exploded. So is the M1. And that that just means, like, let me just kind of bring it down to normal conversational level here. Michael, let's say that we all found out that the government was going to give all of us $1 million. They were just <laughs> going to put it right into your bank account. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and for about 35 seconds, I would be cheering along with all of us. And then I would look at my, my uh, gas prices and I would look at my milk and I would look at the Lamborghini that used to be a hundred grand and now it's 700 grand for that same Lamborghini, right? So everything is just according to its scarcity. Money is essentially a scarce form of a contract. In fact, that's really what it is. Money is a contract of trust between me and you. And we're using a third party, in this case, the government, but it could just as easily be a blockchain or it could just as easily be, you know, um, bartering systems. It's a it's a contract of trust between two parties and a third party to keep us honest. Uh, right. And so when there's just more of something, it, it it washes out the value, right? There's always the conversation about demand and supply. Well, if our demand is high because we have so much money floating around in our savings accounts and 401ks and our house values, then our supply is going to be bought up. And hence, supply chain issues Notwithstanding, there's going to be fewer Lamborghinis to buy if everyone has that extra million bucks sitting in their savings account. So it's a whole system. No one's got an answer for what the how to unravel this thing. But what's very interesting is there are some strategies that you can use to help you get the the wind of inflation at your back rather than it being a headwind as you enter into your golden years or the next few years as you send your kids to college or you know just prepare for your own financial future. Mm, and that's. Okay, I've taken so many notes already. I don't even know what to ask next, but I love that analogy of the sense of, you know, you wind at your back and, you know, using these opportunities to propel you rather than feeling like, oh my God, all I'm doing is moving against a force that's just pushing against me. Um, But it's interesting because as we, you know, first had the round of uh, stimulus checks, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and business, uh, you know, SBA loans, you know, and how many we're going to be free and all these things. And people are like, yes, yes, yes. Give me more money. Give me more money. And I'm thinking this is not going to be good. I mean, I understand. I understand the good part. I understand that there are people who needed to put food on the table. 
without a doubt. I understand that there's businesses that had to stay open in order for those people and other people to put food on the table and to literally put food on other people's tables. But at some point in time, you got to pay the piper. And if there's no more money except for the money you print, it is worth less and less and less. And so it's going to have this cycle where it's going to bite us at some point in time. How long do you think this will last? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, the the value of the dollar has already lost uh, roughly 90% of its value since we, uh, well, since we've been keeping records in 1971. And beyond that, even further still, uh, more value has been lost, almost 99%. So how far is the long tail of the dollar going to last? Um, truth is, and again, as a certified financial planner, they don't mail us a, a crystal ball, Michael, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> but But I can tell you that there is still a immense amount of, for right or wrong, right? There's still an immense amount of respect for the US dollar, for the capital in our country. Like, think about it. If the dollar went away somehow, somehow, there would still be just as many airplanes, just as many airports, just as many skyscrapers, just as many engineers and accountants and XYZ, one, two, three, military might, all of that stuff would still be conceivably still in the United States and under our control. Capital is sort of what backs a currency for the most part, unless we're talking about uh, crypto, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a there's a sense that if there's not a dollar, there'll be something else that still con- connotes a sense of value. As long mm-hmm. as we take good use and steward our resources well as a country and don't um, squander them, I guess. But you know the the richness of the soil and all that stuff still comes back to a certain sense of you know, there's an asset backing the currency that we use as long as we manage it well and don't turn into like, say, Weimar Germany, where they actually, there's a story where in Germany, um, post-World War One, they printed so much money that it would take a wheelbarrow of cash to buy a loaf of bread. And so people would walk into the grocery store to buy their loaf of bread with all that cash. People would tip over the wheelbarrow, leave the money on the ground and just steal the wheelbarrow. Um, <laughs> that's sort of what happens when you don't manage your assets well, right? So right. in any case, I, I think there's there are some ways, you know, I think too many Americans sort of live thinking that it's just inevitable that we're going to lose our purchasing power. But the wealthy have figured out that you can, again, as you said, like the wind is at your back. If you've got strategies that actually do better in a higher inflation environment, and we have plenty of history, go back to 1980, 1981, 1982, mortgage rates, guys, were 18%, 21%. Well, yep. guess what? Somebody was making 18 to 21%. If you owned a mortgage company, you yeah. were collecting 18 to 21%. So you have to think like a banker, which yeah. we're pretty famous for talking about. You know, if you think like a banker and do what banks do with your money, then you can actually survive and even thrive in higher inflation environments. Whereas if you think like a retail consumer, which we're taught to do, I'm taught to do, we're all taught to do, then we're going to be paying 18, 21%, whatever inflation gets up to, right? So that's my clarion call. If we can help folks think like a bank, that helps them break free to a smart and stable financial future. I love it. And you know, in 1980 something, I was, uh, I, we don't need to discuss what age it was. You were was, negative was, 29, right? Negative exactly. 29. Okay. <laughs> I was actually pretty young. And I remember that I opened um, my first uh, savings account. 
And so then I would, you know, for all my like babysitting money and everything, I put it in. And, and at that point in time, you know, they had the little pass books that they put in a little machine and they print things out and give it back to you. And I was making 13% interest. And so then every time I would get to when I, not every time, the first time I got $250 in my savings account, the branch manager said to me, Michael, would you like to buy a six month savings bond? And I'm like, I don't know, what's that? And so um, he said, he explained it to me and he said, you know, you will earn more interest on this um, than you are in your sa- in just your savings account. So I'm like, okay. And he goes, but you can't touch it for six months. I'm like, no, I'm like 10 years old. Okay. You know, what am I going to do with that? And I did that and I kept continuing to buy them and then keep them and rolling them over into bigger ones. And that's how I bought my first 10 speed bike. And so it's interesting as we see inflation um, and we see the, the interest rates rising, I've been having these flashback moments of saying, I'm so glad that, you know, we're, my husband and I are, you know, we don't have our mortgage anymore. You know, we, we've really, this is the opportunity to actually earn during a time and it's it takes some it it takes some foresight it takes some planning, and you're right it's about thinking like a banker because I'm like all right now where can we earn more money? <laughs> That's right. Want, I just want to earn. I don't want to spend. I just great. want to earn. <laughs> oh, some somebody a mentor of mine said, um, you know, don't do what banks tell you to do with your money. Instead, do what they do. Like watch yeah. what they do and go do that instead. Yeah. And uh, so maybe it's time for you to get that next ten speed bike. Michael, what do you yeah. think? <laughs> As interest rates rise, yeah, love it. Yeah, and it is interesting too because I know that you know when interest rates were really low, I know at least a good friend of mine, you know, their banker said, "Hey, this is the time to you know get more loans and expand your house and do all those things," which is great and great if they're still locked into those. But don't miss a payment, man, because you don't. This is the time that that can really bite you in the. Right. You know what? Yep, you got it. <laughs> Yeah, it it changed my life forever and it changes the lives of many of our clients when we start thinking categorically different, when we have a different conversation. Like there's a there's an old phrase on Wall Street, the phrase is don't fight the Fed. Don't fight the Fed. Don't go against what the Fed is going to do. I I'd like to twist that normal concept. You know, and and we say that for for good reason, right? You don't want to bet against what the Federal Reserve is going to do because they've got the power to print the money and so forth and so on. But what if, 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 if instead of fighting the Fed, what if it was more like a judo move, you know, where you take the problem of inflation coming at you, like a fist coming at you, and you turn that against your opponent in such a way that it becomes part of the power that you bring to your financial life. Like the concept of don't fight the Fed makes me seem like and feel like a victim of the Fed. And rather than be a victim in my life, I intend to be I want to be the thermostat, right? I don't want to be the thermometer. I want to be the thermostat to change the temperature in a room. So what can you do to actually input something back into the conversation between you and the Fed or you and the government or you and the IRS or you and the stock market or you and your business where you're bringing your very best self to say, all right, I'm actually going to take the problem of interest and make it a solution. How can I actually get better as a result of higher inflation? What can I do? What tools? So that's a nice mindset shift, right? But what are the, let's come down the ladder. What are some actual tools and strategies we can all use that the wealthy use and have used um, to give you that 
wind at your back or, or to be that judo switch move, you know, where you can take the problem and make it a solution. That's the strategy conversations we like to have with clients. And it, it comes down to like, Hey, all right, what do you want your money doing for you? Right. Where are you going to put it? It's got to go somewhere. Yeah. Where's it going to go? So it does what you want it to do. You are, you know, every time you talk, I'm just like, I, you're so, I love the, you're brilliant, first of all, but I love the way you make things really clear and understandable because finances and financial discussions for a lot of people are intimidating. And, you know, with my husband, when we first met and then we first, you know, lived together and we first combined incomes and, you know, and all of our expenses and we, you know, merged all, uh, you know, our everything together, I had never had a financial partner that I'd had really good discussions with. And it was very daunting for me to even have discussions with him. You know, I'd get all nervous and sweaty and, you know, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm much better about it, but I love the way you bring it down to such a realistic discussion about here's what you, you know, just pay attention to this and think about it from this perspective, because there's always something you can do to make your financial situation better. You just have to make sure you're looking at it from different angles. Well, thank you for that. And you're right. It is kind of in, in, intimidating just to talk about money. And I, you know, I actually remember my wife and I, when we first got together, we too, we, we just, neither of us came from money. We didn't really have a lot to say about it. We didn't think about it much. We'd stumbled into six figures of student loan debt, graduating in 2008 with no jobs you know, great time to be starting your life together yeah, and, and our, and our stuff with money, our own baggage with money got to such a point where we had to have our budget conversations in a public place so that yeah. we'd have witnesses in case things went sideways. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so I'm not coming from any sort of like mountaintop here. It's just, you know, grueling it out, trying it out every month, figuring it out month after month. It's kind of like playing an instrument. You know, the, you sound terrible at the beginning. You just get a little better, a little less sweaty, like you say, a little less clammy. every, And you get a little better every time. And hopefully you, you don't mess up and you stumble forward in the darkness. Uh, but that's been our experience. Now, you know, I think one of the things that uh, has been enlightening to me is to, to do what I'm seeing. Like, look at the people who I want to be more like, not just in finance and money, but in health and fitness and relationships and see what they're doing and try to see what can I do at my non-billionaire status <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and, and my non, you know, whatever, you know, six pack status or whatever it is that I'm trying to go for. And just how can I inch forward in a way that kind of sort of replicates or mimics what they're doing in a way that makes sense for where my life is at right now. Uh, and that's, that's some of the strategies that uh, have, have really caught my attention. Uh, in fact, if you don't mind, there, there was a, a recent data dump that came in from the, um, it came to ProPublica first, but it hit ABC, NBC, CBS, all the major news outlets. There was some sort of a leak uh, from the Treasury Department. And this leak of tax return data, uh, which, which was a surprise to a lot of people because it was good timing because they were talking about tax reform in Congress. So it's always amazing how these data leaks happen at just the right time. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, anyway, the, the conversation, the data dump, I should say, came from the 25 wealthiest Americans, uh, people like uh, Carl Icahn, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, uh, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett. And what was so fascinating to me as I was reading several of these articles was that it, it literally gave the amounts of money or, or lack thereof that was paid in taxes on some mm -hmm. of these tax returns. So there was years like 2011 and 2017 where Jeff Bezos paid zero taxes. 
Right. And you know, there was years where Mark Zuckerberg paid zero taxes. Uh, Carl Icahn, uh, he was talking about this, and he said, "Hey, look, if you show no income, you pay no taxes. Doesn't matter if you're, you know, college graduate just out of college with no job, or if you're the corporation of Apple Corporation uh, or a billionaire. If you have yeah. no income, you pay no tax. So that's that kind of sparked my interest. And I wanted to learn more about, well, how can I do that? How can I show no income?" And they go through a strategy known as buy, borrow, die. Michael, is it okay? Right. Or did you want to yeah. jump into this some? No, let's, yeah, let's dive into it. Because now that we're talking, because I know we were talking a little bit about this before we started taping. And now that you're talking about it more in depth, I'm like, now I remember all this because I remember the concept of, you know, just continue to borrow because then you're borrowing, you're borrowing from somebody else. You're not showing us income, but I don't think the, you know, I mean, it sounds great, but I wouldn't know how to go about that. So what do people like us really need to know about that? Well, and it relates back to the inflation. I promise we'll come back to that too, because there's actually, there's a, a pin that's going to pop the bubble, so to speak, of this strategy that I'm about to describe. Um, and it has to do with inflation. But first, let me kind of explain buy, borrow, die, because it's how they've been, how the billionaires have lived for decades now really since Alan Greenspan ran the Fed and dropped the Federal Reserve interest rate down to low levels. All right. So we've had a low interest rate environment for many decades now. Um, yeah. And that has pumped up asset prices. So the lower your interest rate, the cheaper the money is to get access to, the more stuff you can buy. Think of it like a house. The lower your mortgage interest rate, the bigger a house you can buy. The higher your interest rate on your mortgage, the smaller a house. Just think back to grandpa's house or grandma's or parents' house, and they're going to have a smaller house than the McMansions that we can get today with our lower interest rates. Okay, right. so with that backdrop, uh, I want to describe buy, borrow, die. Uh, now, wait, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to yeah, interrupt please, you right yeah, there because yeah, this please. is what we call in the biz a tease. Yes, commercial I'm break. Say, if you guys really want to hear this, you're going to have to listen to our commercial. And then you can finish with us because I won't tell you how much. So we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor and we will be right back. Do you want to be a go-to expert that news reporters, anchors, and media producers turn to? Are you a media professional looking for credible, reliable, and timely guests? If you answered yes to either of those questions, then shock your media potential is for you. This one-of-a-kind platform connects vetted experts with news professionals around the globe. As a part of our launch celebration, you can participate for free in our Shock Your Media Potential virtual conference, running March 28th through April 1st. Together with my co-host, Eddie Luisi, known as Stage Manager to the Stars, and also Stage Manager for Good Morning America, we have interviewed 25 media personalities and professionals to ask them the questions you need to know the answers to. Like, how can I make myself more newsworthy? How do I best pitch a story? How do I get invited back again and again? And much more. Some of our guests are household names with exceptional on-camera careers. Others are award-winning directors, producers, camera operators, audio engineers, celebrity hair and makeup professionals, and so much more. To learn more about our platform and our conference today, go to shockyourmediapotential.com. And we're back with Mark Willis and we are, we're ready. So you guys stuck with us. We're ready to go. Okay. Now, oh, before you even begin, 
this last weekend, I just went and toured the old Vanderbilt mansions in Rhode Island. So talk about the McMansions times bazillions. Yes. I've, I saw a bathtub that was carved out of one single piece of marble that had to be filled up four times before it would be hot enough to be able to take a bath in. So yes, there are wow. definite differences in lifestyle, but sounds like you've got maybe some strategies that we can use. So I'll let you go back to it. Well, again, I don't know anything. I just try to watch and learn. Um, so when I was reading through these articles, they use the phrase buy, borrow, die. And that's spelled B-U-Y and then B-R-O-B-O-R-O-W and then D-I-E, buy, borrow, die, B-B-D. So the first step is to buy. And here's how they do it. They buy assets that go up in value. That could be mm-hmm. your Tesla stock, you know, for Elon Musk. It could be Mark Zuckerberg. Um, they're all buying assets, usually with after-tax dollars. So, for example, in 20, I think it was 2013, Mark Zuckerberg paid over $1 billion in taxes. Now he pays nothing in taxes. What happened there? He was buying his own sh- shares of Facebook. Okay, so oh. he was buying an asset that's going up in value. Why? Well, because we're all using Facebook or, or used to use Facebook. And the interest rates have come down so much that it pumps up the price of Facebook. So his net worth is going sky high. So that's the first step is to buy assets. And the, the key here is you got to buy an asset that generally doesn't kick off any income. So your rental properties don't exactly work here. You want to buy an asset that doesn't kick off income. Remember, if you have no income, you pay no income tax. Right. right. So you buy so the shares. They're not, they're not, if you've got shares that aren't generating a, you know, a, a dividend residual and, or whatever, mm-hmm, yep. a dividend, then mm-hmm. it's just money that you put somewhere else that is growing, but you can't access without having the tax implications. All right. Pass, I'm with yeah, you. Just passively watching your net worth go up, up, up. Now the next step is to borrow lots and lots and lots of money for your lifestyle. Cause you can't eat a net worth statement. You got to get groceries. So you got to borrow against that increasing Facebook stock or Tesla or you know, Warren Buffett has Berkshire Hathaway. So you borrow against those. Donald Trump has real estate. So you just borrow against all of those major inflated assets and loans are not considered income by the IRS. Right. So again, now you've got your 13 you know, billionaire yachts and your you know, your caviar every night and your marble bathtub and all that wonderful stuff, Michael, and <laughs> you're showing zero taxes. Meanwhile, your secretary might be paying a 30 or 40% tax rate. So this is perfectly legal. Every part of this is hundred percent legal, cleared by the IRS for over a hundred years. And then the third and final step is to die. Now, <laughs> admittedly, that's like not a great fun step to take, but (laughs) yeah, but if you're going to do it anyway, you might as well do it tax-free, I guess. Uh, So when you pass away or when, when a billionaire or anybody passes away, your assets will get a step up in basis. Now, what is that? That just means your kids or charities or whoever get your stock at the new higher valuation and they'll pay no tax either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've, we've gone through now decades, generations, and paid not a cent in taxes. We've lived a lavish lifestyle there. The billionaires have done this for generations now. And I'm here to say it doesn't have to be relegated to the billionaires. Now, one one response to this would be like, all right, squash the billionaires, close all those loopholes. I don't know if I want that though, because if my mortgage was reported as income, I'd be in big trouble. Right. We all participate in the buy, borrow, die with our houses if we're a homeowner. 
true. So anyway, I better hush, get off my soapbox. I have some I have thoughts, ideas here, but Michael, what are your feedback on buy, borrow, die? I, I, I totally get it. Um, and it's interesting because we're, my husband and I are putting together our, um, our, you know, trust and all those things right now. And so we've been talking about that, about what, you know, how it, it transitions to other people in the family and what do you do and how do you protect it as much as you can? Because ultimately you want to protect, you you want to mitigate the tax liability the best you can. And everybody does have access to it, but I don't think everybody knows, knows that they do, number one, or knows uh, how to ask the right question. So I think this is incredibly powerful stuff. Um, I'd love keep keep going though. I'd love to have some more of your thoughts on the on the whole thing because it's. I think it should make us all stop and think and take some time to reflect, especially as we all get ready to write those little checks to the IRS again right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you got, absolutely. That's right. Well, um, so there is a. I mentioned a pin and uh, that can prick this whole shenanigan, uh, if we mm-hmm. want to call it that. And that's what's happening right now with inflation. Mm-hmm. If, and t- Elon Musk is famous for saying this, he says, Hey, the only reason I'm able to be the wealthiest man in the world right now is because of the high valuation of Tesla shares. It's not mm-hmm. like he's sitting on a big bathtub of marble. He's not living a lavish. He doesn't even own his own house. If I understand right, he rents a small apartment, uh, owns almost nothing. So he's, he's purely a net worth on paper kind of guy. And he's borrowing millions, hundreds of millions to fund his other ventures like SpaceX, whatever else. But he said very clearly multiple times that if his Tesla shares dropped, he would go bankrupt overnight. Right. And one of the ways you can see a stock market crash is if the interest rate rises too high. If we have too much inflation, think about it, the price of money goes up. So the company valuations go down. Yeah, and absolutely. that's a big problem for all these billionaires who've lived on high in the hog for the last several decades. So how can you and I do what they are doing without the risk of going broke? Now, we can all borrow against our stock. There's something called a margin loan, but we all know how that can turn out, right? Yeah, right. Stocks go down too. With margin loans, if you get a margin call, yeah, it's not a happy have- day. No, no, you got to pay that sucker right then. That's right. (laughs) So are there any other ways we can buy, borrow, and die like the billionaires, but without all the risk that the billionaires have to take to do this? Um, And as a CFP, I was shocked to discover that a old-fashioned product financial vehicle called whole life insurance, Mm. strangely, lets us do buy, borrow, die at the Uh. middle class level, right? It could be a couple hundred bucks a month going into a policy. You're buying that policy either at a couple hundred or any amount you want, right? A couple hundred thousand a year or a couple hundred bucks a month. It does not matter. At your own pace, you can follow the BBD strategy by by taking these steps. Number one, you buy the policy, fund it with cash, money Mm -hmm. going in after tax, right? Just like Zuckerberg and his friends. You're building an asset that grows guaranteed, unlike stock from Tesla, this Cash value in the policy grows guaranteed every single year, and there's yeah. nothing we can do about it. And then you might already know this, Michael, but you can borrow against your cash value, mm-hmm. and the policy is guaranteed to give you that loan. That's the other thing. With billionaire loans, they can be denied too. Loans don't don't always come, even to the billionaires. True. So this is a contractual right that you can borrow against your cash value for any reason when the market's shining or when it's stormy on the markets, you can get access to capital, 
borrow against it with no taxes due. We've got folks pulling $90,000, $150,000 a year out of their policies as a tax-free income in their retirement years. And then when you pass away, there's a tax-free death benefit left to your family. So right. all of that functions just like buy, borrow, die, but without needing a, a fleet of attorneys or a complex trust or you know a tax ev- evasive maneuvers with borrowing against your margin brokerage accounts and it's just a simple, beautiful, elegant strategy that helps us. Oh, no, by the way, when inflation rears its ugly head, dividends on whole life insurance, if it's designed the bank on yourself way, will go up. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's an interesting kind of judo move against the experiences of high inflation. And I wish I would have known that years ago too, when I was, uh, when I bought my only um, term life policy, because nobody told me, Hey, maybe that's, maybe there's another way to go. I just thought whole life was more expensive. And so therefore, you know, what, what's that going to be? It's easier to, you know, give $25 a month. And then when, after I, you know, did it for 25 years or however long, and they're like, okay, well, you know, you're done now, or you can, you know, do whatever I'm thinking, wow, I just gave that company a lot of money for 20 years. Mm-hmm. What an idiot am I? <laughs> you know? Well, it's what we're all taught. Me, me too, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I think it's excellent. I could talk to you all day long because you're just I, you have, uh, like I said, an incredible um, way to make these uh, what we can think of as complex financial issues very simple. Well, and then you. I think it gives me a lot of hope and a lot of other people hope that no matter where you are in your planning for your future, there are always things you can do. And if you're not sure what to do, give somebody like you a call to find out and hear from somebody who's dealing with this every day, because the the thing that, you know, really uh, rears its ugly head against each of us is the ignorance that each of us have. And the more knowledge you have, the more equipped you are to take care of yourself and your family in the future. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, Applied knowledge is power, right? I used to watch those commercials, knowledge is power, you know, the more you know. I've learned now that it's applied knowledge. It's got to be applied. You got to put that plow to the soil and start digging, you know? So take what you've learned today, do something about it, whether it's opening up that brokerage account statement for the first time in eight months, or if Mm -hmm. it's talking to your buddy uh, or your your spouse for the first time, even if it makes you a little nervous, uh, but to to sit down and do something with what you've learned from from this today, it's it's uh, that's the key right there. Absolutely, and I'll tell you, I'll be the first one to say, even though it took me a couple of years to get comfortable with it, my husband and I we meet about our finances every quarter. We meet awesome. about my business finances uh, once a month, if not a little sooner. But for our personal finances, once a quarter, and we show how it goes over time. And so this last time, he's that's like, awesome. "Okay, just remember how you've liked how it's going up." Just take a couple deep breaths. <laughs> and I'm That's like, right. Wait, yeah. <laughs> wait, maybe it's shopping time, right? It's on sale. We're going to get things on sale. He's like, Very good way to good. look at it. Look, love it. Love it. I, I'm so impressed that you can do that. I think that's a great way to have that relationship of discussion, communication, and everyone's going to have a different way that they do this as a couple or whatever. Even if you're single, find a buddy, find a friend, find a guru, for, hopefully someone that you can trust to yeah. discuss this with you who can be you know, uh, free with their opinion and and also kind in the process. Uh, I agree so much. Well, Mark, we're going to have all of your contact information on the show notes so people can find you, but just in case they want to look you up right now, what's the best way to find you? 
You know, um, go to Not Your Average Financial Podcast. That's the name of our show. And it's also the name of our website, notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. We kept it nice and short for folks, Michael, you know, so <laughs> notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. There's a little button there um, on the top. It says request a meeting. And my calendar is available for folks. If you just want to chat for 10, 15 minutes, there's an intro meeting right there for about 15 minutes. Happy to answer a question. Maybe it sparked an idea for you. So that's uh, notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. Excellent. Well, before we go, even though you've already shared so much wisdom, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Well, give Michael a five-star review because she's working hard on this podcast. She's rocking it. She's getting it done. She does a ton of work for you and your and the whole audience. So make sure to leave her that five-star review. Yes. Okay. I like that. You're definitely coming back again. <laughs> Mark, thanks so much for being with us again. I can't wait till next time we talk and we'll, I know, have even more to talk about then. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today. <laughs>